My sister said it's so good. Would you ask the Lord to speak to you tonight? Lord, speak to me. Preaching's really good, Lord. When they see me, but they hear you. When they hear you. When you speak. When it gets beyond the vessel. When it gets beyond just a little preacher. And you speak into somebody's heart. Lord, God, talk to somebody tonight. Speak to somebody tonight. Talk to somebody. Speak to somebody. Talk to somebody. Speak to somebody. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you just smile or wave it? Shake hands away. Thanks, somebody, for being here tonight. What a blessing to be around so many people that love the Lord so much. What a blessing. They keep praying for Jennifer. Bobby, have they texted you anything? Did they go on the doctor? Let's pray again right now. Lord, turn this thing on around, Jesus. Turn it around, Lord. This blood pressure, whatever's going on, touch that woman, touch Chuck and Ellen. But God, touch Jennifer right now. Make a difference right now. Change it right now. Lord, thank you for a touch. Thank you for a touch. Thank you for a touch. But, Lord, we want more than a touch. We want to turn around. Lord, she's been sick for three days. Let it end today. Let it be over. As she waited on you, let her renew her strength. Jesus' name we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Had had a good meeting with Brother Smith out in Jackson. He said send his love to everybody. The second night, my Sheila testified. She talked about you're walking and you're waiting on the Lord. And that's been on my mind ever since. She gave just amazing testimony that night. But you, you'll walk more than you run. You'll wait on the Lord. And I think there's areas that, that the Lord's helped this church. And we've, uh, we've become good on, we've learned that uh, payday don't always come on Friday. But sometimes you just got to wait on the Lord. Just just wait on the Lord. How many feel like the Lord's helping us are to wait on the Lord? Hallelujah. This is not a common sermon. It's kind of right opposite. But I want to talk on waiting from a different place. We spend a lot of our life waiting. You, some of you ought to text me or send me, message me some things we do. Uh, baby, I'm going to count up one of these. How long does it take that coffee maker to make coffee? We stand there waiting on it. So my, my Sheila didn't just do anything. That's kidding. She said, "How you?" She lets me make coffee. She said, "How you make it?" I said, "Baby, I'm never going to tell you. That's the only area you need me. Make coffee. So I ain't giving you my secret. I'm the coffee maker. So we we in the winter time we wait on the car to warm up. We get to the end of the road. We wait on the stop sign. We get to the top of hill. We wait on the stop sign. We get to town. We wait at the red light. You wait in line at Walmart, and they're not. They're, they're so kind. They've got this two or three different types of self-checkouts. So people, it's amazing how much money is spent on trying to keep people from waiting. You used to have to go and sit down in a restaurant. They said, we'll keep you from waiting. We'll, we'll get a drive-through. We used to walk, and they said, that's too much time. So they learned to ride horses, and they said, we need more time. So they got, invented the wagon. They said, that ain't fast enough. So the car, the plane, the jet, the rocket... Started out just an old campfire, and he said, food cooks too slow. Let's put it in a, in a steel, steel pot, and they call it a wood stove. And they said, that ain't fast enough. We have to wait too long. So somebody invented the electric stove. They said, we can do better than that. So somebody invented the microwave. And still, we spend a lot of time waiting. I heard a guy say the other day, he said he went and paid, paid extra money to get him instant uh, instant breakfast he didn't have to wait and he said then I sat home for four hours and realized I wasted a dollar 
So we, we, people don't like to wait. But I don't want to talk about you waiting tonight. I want to take this paradox opposite. I want to talk about is God waiting on you? We preach a lot. We preach a lot on I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Word. I'm waiting on the Lord. But uh, I, I feel all over this room there's those that God's waiting on us to make that next move, that next step. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Genesis 6 and 7, the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowl of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis six fourteen. make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark. Thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Hundred years, he's worked for a hundred years. Genesis 7, 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come down all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. List this, Genesis 7, 4. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth. Forty days and forty nights, and every living substance I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Why did God not immediately shut the door? After he had worked and preached, Peter called him a preacher of righteousness. After he had worked and preached for a hundred years, why didn't the day he drove the last nail and the last animal came in, why didn't God just slam the door and say it's over? But God waited seven more days. Son, I know they laughed at you and I know they mocked me. I know they cursed us. I know they hurt you and I know you cried yourself to sleep. I know you've had your heart broke the way they've mocked you and mocked your ministry, but I love them. And Peter, Peter preached back and he said, First Peter 3.20, when sometimes we're disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited. Hallelujah. God said, I'm just going to wait and give one more, one opportunity. Hallelujah. When the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls. I want to preach this on just about three different areas I want to preach, and, and I'll let you go. Joseph's brethren stripped him of his robe his father had given him. Or somebody you know, it wasn't the world that hurt him. It wasn't the lost folk that hurt him, but... One of their brothers, one of their sisters, somewhere in a fellowship, a church. They got hurt and they got wounded. And, and when they got wounded, they got connected with the wrong people. And, 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 and they put a price on, 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 on Joseph. I'm going to preach two or three things we can talk about a lot. They put a price on Joseph and they said, we'll take 20 pieces of silver for him. If you'll ever put a price on your anointing or your walk with God, well, I, I'd quit preaching, I'd quit church if this would happen. If you ever put a price on it, Satan will buy you and take you to Egypt. If you ever, if you ever put a price on it, Satan will pay it. If you ever, if you ever put a price, well, if, if that one ever hurt, if this ever happened, if this ever happened, I'd just probably give up on God. You ought to make your mind up, live or die, sink or swim. I'm going to hold on to the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to draw nigh to the Lord. I'm going to hunger for Him. If you ever put a price on it, Satan will pay it. He'll come up with it. So, so they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Took him down into Egypt. And and as a, and as a as a son as a Christian, 
his life just begins to spiral down. And the Bible said that his brothers and sisters were comforted, but the father refused to be comforted. And, 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 and Jacob held on to that old bloody coat. They took that coat and they threw that coat down at their daddy's feet and they said, is that Joseph's blood on it? And, if, and they, they didn't lie. They just, just kind of presumed the lie. Just let him believe a lie. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but the devil's waving some bloody coat in your face. And he said, that little boy's never coming back. And that little girl's never coming back. Look at all the mess. But somebody tell the devil that bloody lies over. The blood of Jesus reaches from the highest mountain. All these years, he believed a bloody lie that it would never turn around. Looked at the blood on that coat. Said, that's got to be Joseph's blood. I'm never going to see him again. He'll never be back in church again. But there's something about that father that refused to be comforted. There's something about that father that waited hallelujah I wonder if there's some folk you about give up on but the Lord just waiting I wonder if there's some folk you said they ain't never going but the Lord just he just waiting on that right time and that right moment and he knows how to reach and he knows how to touch and he knows how to draw that's the reason I love I love what brother Daniel is pushing us encouraging us and, and I wish I wish just the whole church would get this burden and start pushing encouraging each other I don't care if it's somebody's messed up 50 times if we we can get them in the right service around the right anointing at the right time. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God touch them in a the right way when they need the Lord. He can change their whole life. And somebody ought to praise Him out loud. I mean, there's one touch from heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Jerry, Jer, you're one of my closest friends, but here you are married to a preacher's daughter, one of the great preacher's daughter. Been around church your whole life. Nothing really changed, but one night somebody preached you want one more night with the frogs and that's the night the Lord said if you'll let me I'll turn it around tonight hallelujah hallelujah friend all it takes is that encounter all it takes hallelujah hallelujah so so he, he patiently waited he patiently waited kept that old coat I believe that coat was packed away in his few belongings that as he moved around that he kept with him but one day in the middle of famine his boys went to buy corn. The second trip they brought back word that Joseph is yet alive. And the Bible said his spirit revived in him. Something began to stir in his spirit. Something began to revive in him, in his spirit. Hallelujah. This ain't the direction I want this to go, but I want to share one more story. He has two sons. He has one son who's, who, who's the first in the church and the last in the leave. He has one son who faithfully honors and obeys him, who lives for him, who serves him. And he has another son that something's always pulling at. He's in there, but he's not satisfied. He's in the building, but his mind's somewhere else. He's singing, but his heart is somewhere else. He's never satisfied. And one day, he, the younger son goes to his father and he says, you know, I really don't want to do this no more and I don't want to be here anymore, but I, I want you to give me my portion and, and, and that belongs to me at, at your death and, and I, I, I want to leave and I probably won't ever come back. I'm telling you and mom goodbye and I probably won't ever come back this is over this season of my life is over and dad probably reasoned with him and I don't know how long he probably reasoned with him but I know this is a type of the Lord and I know the patience of the Lord probably reasoned with him and he's, the boy said no there ain't nothing you can say dad I've made up my mind I'm sorry father I don't want to be here no more I don't want to come back at your death I want everything that's coming to me right now and the father had to sell some stuff whatever he had to do to get the boy 
enjoy his portion of the inheritance. And he packed up and he left. And I believe every once in a while that mother would say, are you going after him? He said, no, I can't go after him. I don't want him to come back till he wants to come back. Or we'll go through this same thing again. Well, are, are you, are you going to run him off when he comes back? No, I'm just waiting on him. Because something down inside of me, I don't believe that he'll ever find anything out there like he found here. Hallelujah. So, so we're, we're not going to ride him. We're not going to call him. We're not going after him, honey. But I'm telling you, if that boy ever walks up that driveway, I'll be the first to run out there and grab him because I'm waiting on him. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise the Lord out loud. Hallelujah. 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 This is not part of the sermon, but that is the reason. That's the reason sometime you got to let Jonah be thrown overboard because long as he's got you to run to, he don't ever run back to the Lord. Long as you fix everything and take care of everything, he don't run back to the Lord. But sooner or later, if he'll realize how you can't fix it, I need the Lord. And the moment he calls or she calls on the name of the Lord, the Lord's going to be right there because he's just waiting. Hallelujah. He's just patiently waiting if one more will turn around. If one more, hallelujah. If just one more will call on him. If just one more will repent. Here's what I want to preach tonight. There have been a prophecy that they're going into bondage and they're going to stay there for 400 years. They're going to be there for 400 years. Time, the first generation kept the dream of God alive. The second generation dwindled a little bit and kept it alive. I wonder if you and I are walking close enough to God that we leave the scene, our kids and our grandkids will keep this gospel alive. I wonder if you and I have served him enough and worshipped him enough. Hallelujah. 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 And history says about the third and fourth generation in Egypt that they began to forget God and they got used to the whip. But somebody kept crying out. Somebody kept the vision alive. Somebody held on. Somebody kept crying for deliverance. 400 years later, that cry comes up before the throne of God. And, it, and when it comes up before the Lord, hell catches wind of it. I feel the anointing in here right now. God, God it's coming up before God. Lord, when are you going to bring us out? 400 years ago, there's a prophecy that's going to bring us out. So somehow the enemy catches wind. And, and they, history's history says that they just thought the little boy, the numbers of the little boy were outnumbering the Egyptians and they'd rise up and conquer them. But that wasn't the, that wasn't the reason for it all. The reason was there was a devil in hell that knew that out of this generation, God's going to raise up a deliverer. And we're going to try to kill every, and I feel the Holy Ghost, we're going to try to kill every one of them to try to stop. The, 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 Pharaoh say, the, the devil's telling Pharaoh, well, I don't care if we have to kill 10,000. We just got to get that little prophet. We got to get that leader. We got to get that one. But friend, when God puts a seed in something, it survives. When God puts a seed in it, it can't drown. It'll walk out of storms. It'll walk out of valleys. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody stand to your feet and say, devil, there's a seed in me. There's a seed in me. I get. I just keep getting back up. I just keep worshiping the Lord. I just keep serving the Lord. I just keep praying. There's a seed in me. You've tried to kill it. You've tried to discourage it. You've tried to break it, but there's a seed in me. God's put something in me. It's not just our will, friend. It's not just our desire. God has put a long and God's put a want to. God has put a seed in you. So he says, he says, if it's a little girl, baby, when it when the 
midwife, when it's born, let it live. It's a little boy. You kill it. And then he went on and drowned them. The story goes on. God let the right midwife be at the right house at the right night. Hallelujah. If you look back at the hand of God, why we worry so much? God's got everything under control. He let the, if the wrong midnight, if this midwife would have had a headache that night and one of them old ones that didn't care or should have come, that had tried to kill that little old baby and God would have raised up deliverance another way. But that little old, they knew what was going, hallelujah, hallelujah. So his mama said, I'm going to hide him for a while. And you know how little baby gets, it grows and its cry gets stronger and stronger and she could hide it for a while. But after a while she realized, I can't hide this baby no more. We're we all going to get in trouble. And, and, and I don't believe he just imagination I believe God put it in her mind at a certain day that woman's going to be at that river and if you'll get that baby down there I've got the next plant hallelujah hallelujah I brought it this far I, I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody now I know I know it looks it looks it looks strange to you mother and I know it looks peculiar to you to take your baby down and let his sister put him in a little boat called an ark or a bulrush and put him in the water but I've already got the next the next level of this plan in motion Hallelujah. I've already I've already made that woman's heart soft toward a little baby. I've already started putting a desire in her that want to hold a little child. I've already started softening her heart. I've already prepared things. Hallelujah. Could I tell somebody, I know it looks like you're trying to keep that baby from crying in the middle of the night, but God's already got the next plan ready. Hallelujah. I wish somebody just shout out loud. I know. I know with all of your ability, you're you're not sleeping and you're shaking and you're saying this thing could cost every one of our lives if they hear that baby crying they're going to kill every one of us and I know there's no rest in your home or peace in you right now but I want to tell somebody knowing this the foundation of God stand is sure the Lord knoweth them and he is, he's done got plan B ready he's done got it already all you got to do well what did I do don't do nothing till he speaks to you if you do if you just if you just try to do something it's not going to work but if you'll put him in Murian's hand at the right time and her take and put it in the river at the right time. God has a plan. Now they've waited 400 years. They've waited 400 years. Simple thought I want to preach tonight. They've waited 400 years. This baby is born. He's placed in Pharaoh's house. So for 40 years, nothing rolls over in Moses' heart. 40 long years. People are beat to death. People are hurt. People are run over with chariots that didn't see Pharaoh and didn't bow. People are beat with whips. They're, they're beat till their bones are exposed. They're drowned. They're slaughtered. Forty more years. I do not know. I do not know. I've talked with Daddy. I pondered it. This is what I think happened. I do not know. I think, I think, a little old nanny that had raised him I think one night when Moses was around 39, 40 years old, I think one night at 10 or 11 o'clock, there's a knock on his little old door. And that guard standing there and said, why are you bothering me so late? I'm, I'm ready. He said, said well, well, Moses, we, 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 we were scared. We were scared. But there's some little old woman that, that's here, and she's got a little old piece of raggedy cloth, and she said that we can kill her, but she's not leaving until she sees you. I, this is how I, I don't know. This is just my deal. It says, what do you mean? It says, well, she's not going to leave. 
call her name direct. Well, I really don't recognize her name, but bring her on in here. His own little old mama walks in and she throws his little old baby blanket down. Says, you remember that? He says, well, I do remember that. He says, oh, I remember you. You were, you were my nanny. You, you took care of me and you raised me. You were my nurse. I believe she backed off. She said, Moses, I was more than that. I was your mother. And he must have screamed. He said, how dare you? Woman over in those mud holes and huts. Me, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Call me your son. How dare you? And I believe she began to tell the story. But son, you don't know. The very people you're living with had plans to kill you. But God had a plan for you. And I don't believe his plan was to get you over here and make you just, just, just a blessed man. And forget. I believe God has another plan. He says, Moses, Muslims, he must have screamed at it. I'm not one of you. I don't belong to you. I'm not one of you. And she said, she said, son, can I believe this happened. Son, can I believe, be blunt with you? He said, well, you've done right my evening. You might as well. She said, when you were bathing, did you ever notice your circumcision scar? And did it ever dawn on you that none of the other Egyptian men have this? You have the scar. You've been born again. You're one of them. You're one of them. You bear the scar. You bear the scar. So I believe all night long he cried the best of his ability, reached out to God, and God began to deal with him. God had a plan. He said, you're the one I'm going to use to lead these people out. And I believe he went out there the next day and, or the next week or the next little bit, and he demanded a meeting with the elders of the camp. The, the, the 12, he demanded a, a meeting with them and they got together and he asked, he said, let all the women leave. Let everybody leave. I just want to speak to the, to the elders and they left. <coughs> he stood there and I believe he literally opened his robe and showed him himself and he said, all these years you, you, you bowed down to me and you called me the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, that's not who I am. I'm one of you and I have the scar to prove it. And I believe Aaron must have jumped up crying. He said, how dare you go to an altar one time and present your scar and tell us you're one of us. And he ripped off his back. He said, you have the scars of being born again, but I have the scars of suffering as one of them. We've got a generation right now. They want to jump and holler and prophesy and claim everything and name everything. They said, I've got a scar of being born again, but who's got a scar of suffering for his namesake? Paul said, I bear in my body. And I believe Aaron dropped his cloak about that time and his back looked like a road map all the scars and the ragged edges on it horse whips had beat him for the last 40 years hallelujah 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 God raise up some men and women who's not ashamed to suffer for the name of Jesus raise up some men and women who'll tell the devil I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to slow down and I wish somebody'd worship the Lord out loud hallelujah 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 if you'd allow me to preach it like this and I believe there's an excitement going in heaven after 40 years this thing's going to end and somewhere about this time Moses realized I know what my call is I am called to deliver this people you've beaten Pharaoh for their lost time
time. I wonder if we get over anxious in our calls sometimes. And he walked out and he saw one of the little Egyptians persecuting one of the Hebrews. And he slow up, he rose up and he slew. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy the enemy. But instead of doing it God's way, he did it man's way. And they had to wait 40 more years. And this is what really, this is really what messes with me and lets me see the commitment of God. At this time, why didn't God say, I've waited 400 years. I've given you your opportunity. You're not ready. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to let these three and a half million people suffer another day. I'm going to raise up Aaron. I'm going to raise up Murray. I'm, I'm going to raise up another. But God said, no, I've chose my man for this mission. And somebody ought to shout right now. If God's chose you, hell may try to destroy you, but greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. If the enemies really fight you, it's a sign that the hand of God's on your life. If the enemy's really raging against you, it's a sign that God has a plan and a purpose for you. If the enemy's trying to hurt you or scatter you or destroy you, you ought to lift up your head. Hallelujah. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness sake. And I feel strength. I feel a strength. I feel a strength. I feel a strength. I feel a strength. Hallelujah. I've wanted to preach this thing for 25 years and this is the first night the Lord's let me preach along this line. Hallelujah. And Moses stood there and he looked at those people that he fell in love with the last few days and he looked at that Egypt and the big palace up there and he said, I don't want that no more, but I'm such a mess. I can't have this. I'm hanging in between two worlds. I don't fit over there. They don't want me over here. I'm hanging in between two worlds. I think I'm just going to run. Everybody's not running because they're addicted. Everybody's not running because of some lust or sin. I believe that some people just can't find where they fit. They just can't find where they feel wanted. So God, somebody say God. God, I can walk you through enough scripture. These next parts, you can't argue with this. Somebody thought I said, this is the, and I love to preach along this line. But I believe God looked down and said, this is my man. But first, I got to empty him of everything he is. He's not ready. And he took this man that was used to everybody bowing down to him. Bow down. It's the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It's great Moses. Bow down to him. If they don't bow, we'll beat them. And God took him into the wilderness. And God even, even did something to his speech. That this, that this proud, overconfident man, God begins to empty him out. Begins to take every, everything out of him. Getting ready, getting him ready to lead a nation. Hallelujah. God begins to take every one storm after another one. He begins to empty him out. God has a plan for him. God had a purpose for him. And when he finally has his encounter, 40 more years God waited. 40 more years. God's waiting on somebody to have your encounter with the burning bush. And if you'll get in the presence of that burning bush, your life will never be the same. You'll affect people. You're hallelujah, hallelujah. God's waiting on somebody to go to the next level with him. God's waiting on somebody to empty themselves of everything so that he can fill them up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would be bold and just stand up and say, Lord, I don't want nothing but you. I don't want nothing in me but you. I don't. I, I just want to be what you want me to be, Lord. Take everything out of me that would hinder the move of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. Empty me of everything.
thing, oh God, that hold me back from walking where you want me to walk. And Moses has this encounter. He walks up. And this bush refused to quit burning. He probably seen lightning fires and campfires that had got out, escaped, woods, hillsides on fire. This is a little old tree of bush. And it just keeps burning. He says, I'm going to pull aside. God, God talking to somebody while I'm preaching. He's trying to tell you, I, I have a purpose for you. I have a need to you, and you need to slow down and explore your burning bush. You need to slow down. I'm trying to visit you. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm I'm trying to take you to another level. Hallelujah. 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 For about, about 25 years, there's been a little thought going on in my heart. The Lord sends over, and he says, he says, you tell that man to loose that little old coat and let him go. That I have need of him. Whatever he's fence he's tied to, whatever wall he's tied to, loose him. Let him go. Some of us were just tied. Our life just gets too busy. And I'm telling somebody in the house, the master hath need of you. He hath need of you. He hath need of you. He hath need of you. Why don't you just talk to me? Lord, let me be loose to follow you. Hallelujah, it's not addiction and it's not sin, but Lord, my life's got busy. Hallelujah, loose me and let me go so I can hear what the master's saying. I need time with the master. This big overconfident man that 40 years in the wilderness had scarred and broken and humbled stands there at that burning bush. How many times had he laughed at the barefoot, the little Hebrews in his golden trim sandals, boots or shoes? The Lord said, you ain't in the presence of Pharaoh. You ain't in the presence of Pharaoh's daughter. You're in my presence. Take your shoes off. you on holy ground. And I believe, I am pretty sure... That for the first time in his life, Moses knew he'd met somebody bigger than him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad in these troubled times I've got somebody bigger than me. Somebody ought to praise him for that out loud. (laughs) I believe for the first time it was a reality to this little old man that I've met somebody that's greater than I am. Lord begins to speak to him, and I love this. Well, Lord, you know, my, 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 my last time with them, I probably got a death sentence on my head. I killed one of them. I hit him in the sand. And they found out. If I just go down there, you got to tell them. I got to know. I got to tell them who sent me. You got to give me a letter. You got to tell them who sent me. He said, son, just tell them I am that I am. I am the way. I am the living bread. I am living water. I am the truth. I am king of kings. And I am Lord of lords. Just tell them I am that I am. Hallelujah. Tell them I 
am what my word says I am. In the beginning was God. Tell them I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first. Tell them I am that I am. Somebody, could we praise him a moment? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ought to, you ought to shout tonight. It wasn't the church that called you. It wasn't the deacon or the preacher. It wasn't the prophet. It was the I am that I am. You've been touched by the I am. You've had an encounter with the I am. You've heard the voice of the, oh, somebody praise him out loud. I am that I am. I am. I am. If you, if you have to have a conversation with the devil, just tell him, I've been in the presence of the I am. I know the I am. He says, who's am I going to tell him? He said, my name is I am that I am. He said, but Lord, I don't know you as good as I'll know you later. He said, about me you don't know. When I came out, when I started out here, I was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now I can't even talk real good. I'll go if you'll let Aaron go and be my spokesman. I don't even have enough confidence to speak for myself. Hallelujah. A broken and a contrite spirit. God would not despise. God must, I don't know how lengthy their conversation was, but it must have been something, son. I never was looking for your ability. I was just looking for me a person, a man or a woman I could use. <laughs> If I wanted your ability, I'd have got you while you was in Pharaoh's house. I wouldn't have waited till you was a broken man. I didn't want your ability. I wanted your heart. I didn't want you to be full. I wanted you to be empty so I could fill you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Steve, you got to sing that soon. Make me empty so I could be full. Hallelujah. 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 So what? What? Would you bow your head all over this room and would you close your eyes? What is God waiting on in your life? I know there's some people in here that God is called to prayer. And I know there's some people that's literally answering that call. And I know there's some people that's got a dream. Someday I'm going to have a prayer life. Why is the devil fighting your prayer life so hard? Why is hell doing everything he can to hinder your prayer life? Why is Satan doing everything he can to limit your prayer life? Why is he doing everything he can to busy you and rob your time? Because he knows you ever start getting prayed through. Hallelujah. 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 So there's some men and women in this room tonight. I believe the Lord is standing and waiting till you take your prayer life. You said, well, I'm waiting till he's drawing me. He's drawing you right now, friend. He's drawing. He's drawing. The presence of the Lord's drawing. You, you build your altar back. You begin to pray. I'm telling you, he's going to send conviction. He's going to send healing. He's going to send miracles. He's going to begin to fellowship with you. Talk with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sunday night, I don't want to preach no longer. I had two other thoughts. Stand to your feet. Come, come back to the music. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. If you want to bow your head or pray at your seat, but would you, be, would you open your heart and say, Lord, what are you waiting on me? Is, 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 my, is my dedication, what are, are you waiting on me to renew my dedication? 
He was waiting on Samson's hair to grow back. He lost his dedication. He, he lost his, 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 he, he, you weren't important to him anymore. God, you're waiting on, I, I felt it all this afternoon. We spend a lot of time waiting, but this God that has all power, this God that could make another Moses, he said, I don't want another Moses. I want that one. You're speaking to somebody. I have called you to a ministry. I've called you to a plan. I've called you to a purpose. But you've not given it a all. You've not totally concentrated. You've not totally surrendered. And I'm waiting on you. And I'm not only waiting, but Moses, there's a whole nation that's waiting. There's a drug addict that's waiting. There's a lost soul that's waiting. There's a sick. There's somebody weary that's waiting. God's waiting on you, friend. Hallelujah. The Lord's waiting on you. The Lord's waiting on you. Would somebody slip out of your seat and come to these altars and have an encounter with your burning bush? Would somebody slip out of your seats or just pray where you are? Would you pray? You get in that presence. That bo- hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord will talk to you. He'll speak to you. Maybe this, this storm, this trial, maybe it's your wilderness. He's making you empty. He's getting ready to do something big in your life. And hell's so afraid. He's trying to hurt you and discourage you and tear you down. I don't know exactly how that happened, but at the age of 40, somehow, God got to Moses at the age of 40. He stood up and he said, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter any longer. We don't know the details. Preach some thoughts that I like to think about. But at the age of 40, he said, don't call me that anymore. That I'm changing my identity. I'm losing my old identity. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Lift your voice and begin to talk to him. Lord, are you waiting on me? Are you waiting on me? Is somebody, does the master have need of me? Make me broken so I can be healed. Because I'm so calloused and now I can't feel. I want to run to you with heart wide open, make me broken.